and all androgynous creatures, your attention, please. As you may have noticed, we're experiencing some difficulties. I'm going to have to ask you all to please refrain from using your imaginations. Just because you don't have an imagination, don't ruin it for the rest of us. Let me guess. Another clever Federation experiment has gone awry, and you've turned the whole station into one vast hollow suite. The phenomenon is being investigated as we speak. Uh-huh. Well, uh, tell them to take their time. Hello! Welcome to Snap Trek, the Star Trek podcast where we compare two episodes of the universe's premier sci-fi franchise, Star Trek. I'm one of your hosts, Ross Webster, and I'm joined by Jen Tift. Hello, Jen. Hi, Ross. Hi, everyone. Hello, hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. Can't complain. Excellent. Excellent. I'm, <laughs> I'm super excited to be having this conversation today. Uh, just because it's so weird. Uh, a weird <laughs> weird pair of episodes to watch. Weird pair, yes. Yeah. And I felt like they were nicely sort of complementarily weird. <laughs> they are, and they're a lot of fun. They are. This, they is, are. Just, this is a fun one. Uh, we are recording uh, in January 2019. We could discuss any episode up to the end of Discovery Season 2. And we're only a week away from the Picard premiere, but we're not going to talk about that. That's all I've been talking about. I talk about, to. I'm talking about that Come a lot. Back. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Very unusual. I don't think I know this game. What's it called? Chula. What are the rules? Each week, we compare two episodes of Star Trek using a variety of categories, and for each category, we select a scene or character or idea or prop which we think is great, and we award a point to the answer which we think is the best. Aggressive. Adversarial. Competition. For fun. Though Snap Trek is a competition where we award points, it is played just for the fun of it. There are no prizes or trophies. The aim is to have a great conversation about Star Trek and perhaps look at the episodes in a new way. And in this episode of Snap Trek, we will see our wildest imaginings brought to life as we discuss episodes which find our crew's innermost desires made real with increasingly dangerous consequences by creatures which ultimately feel we are not ready to meet them as equals. <laughs> I put that last bit in because it struck me that they both tell us that at the end of the episode. That's so funny, yeah. The similarities continue. Yeah, you're you're not ready to learn about us yet. Like, oh, right. All right. Fair enough. We do imagine some weird shit. Yeah, yeah that is true. I, I kind of get it. <laughs> um. I was lucky enough to watch TOS Season 1, Episode 16, Sure Leave. And Jen, what did you watch? I was lucky enough to watch Deep Space Nine, Season 1, Episode 15, If Wishes Were Horses. Wow, so both Season 1 episodes and only one episode yeah. off. 15 and 16, man, these episodes are weird. <laughs> but I, I they did went enjoy weird them. right away, right? Yeah, they, they, was, they were immediately weird. It's super weird. Yeah, uh, and I think that's just going to be the sort of the theme of this this podcast. I think today yeah. it's just a weird episode, and I, I'm fine weird. with that. I'm fine with that weirdness. Yeah, yes, I love weirdness. 
I think it's it's <laughs> usual for us now, isn't it? Just a bit of the weird. It's part of the job. It's part of the job. Weird is part say. of the job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're Starfleet officers. Weird is part of the job. As ever, we begin the podcast with a lyrical recap of the episodes under discussion. Commander, I would like to remind you about my poetry reading this afternoon. I wouldn't miss it for the world. I can't wait to see what he's come up with. Jen, I would love to hear your lyrical recap of If Wishes Were Horses. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so... Uh, the title, you know, if wishes were horses, comes from a a, a nursery rhyme. Mm-hmm. So I just um, completed, you know, the nursery rhyme. Perfect. <laughs> with things from the episode. So this is just a, a nursery rhyme. All right. Here we go. If wishes were horses, beggars would ride. If dreams were love, Bashir would have Dax by his side. If goals were home runs, Jake would swing for the stars. If intuitions were evidence, Odo would have quark behind bars. If speculations were science, we'd be trapped in a subspace anomaly. If desire was latinum, I'd fund Deep Space Nine in HD. <laughs> yes. The end. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was great. To be honest, I always say that was great. All your poems are really, really perfect. And that was no exception. I love listening to it. Oh, thank you so much. You too, of course. I can't wait to see what you came up with for the weirdness that is shore leave. So I wrote a really nice little limerick and then I did what you did and realized there's definitely there's definitely a uh, a nursery rhyme in my episode as well. So I'll give you my limerick, which is just just super basic. A planet perfect for shore leave creates scenes that are hard to believe. A white rabbit, a knight, a warplane in flight. From their mind, all these things are conceived. Cute. I it's, like it's, it. It's all right. But then I realised I was missing out something obvious. Uh-oh. So let me give you this single stanza of, uh, of something which I really should have thought of initially. Okay, let's hear it. Kirk's old enemy name was Finnegan. <laughs> they have to fight, but who will win again? Kirk knocks him down, but he comes back in again. An android whose name Finnegan begin again. <laughs> oh my gosh. Perfect. <laughs> Not thought of that. That's because Finnegan has haunted my nightmares oh, for a couple Finnegan. of days. Oh, mine too, man. We're gonna talk we'll talk about this. Everyone has a Finnegan, don't they? Oh my god. <laughs> Can't be worse than the Finnegan from that show though. Blue and <laughs> Oh man, yeah, right. he is the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> we will talk about this because I did. He really had an impact on me this episode. I've I've been thinking uh-huh. about him. So, oh, I have too. Yeah, Oof, right. I've been thinking about my Finnegan though. <laughs> it's like, man, <laughs> <laughs> why, surely, why? He's <laughs> oh. just so. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'll save it. I'll save yeah, it. We'll I've, talk, got, we'll I've got a lot to say. We'll, we'll talk about him again. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, well, let's begin. Let's let's start off round one. Jen, what what, what do you want to pick for round one? All right, uh, for the first category, let's talk about. Let's just go right to the weird. Start talking about these these figments of our imaginations and go right for weirdest figment. Weirdest <laughs> figment. I I kept this one super simple because they they were all. They were all pretty weird. 
yeah that, <laughs> everything's weird this is yeah. just everything's weird there, there's nothing that's like super normal about what you're seeing but one yeah. of them some of them were terrifying and some of them were just odd but the one that I thought was genuinely the weirdest and so I just kept it really short and I don't want to like talk about all these figments because they're definitely going to come up but there's this, there's a very brief moment where Sulu is walking through a canyon then a trap door opens yes. up and a samurai comes out and just starts attacking him. <laughs> the trap door's the and best I was part. Just, I was not expecting <laughs> that to happen. And it was so <laughs> bafflingly strange. Oh, and I was like, man. whose fondest desire is a, a secret samurai? Why is that happening? <laughs> and then later on, Kirk bumps into the samurai and sort of pushes him over. And it's just like, oh, the samurai's still there. He's still chasing them around. And it was yeah, you're still hanging out on the yeah. planet, yeah. <laughs> and all the other stuff was like mildly that's not true actually, wasn't it? It was mildly normal, but it definitely wasn't. <laughs> it was all so weird, but just the trapdoor swings open and a samurai comes out, and I was like, What? Well that's that is genuinely crazy. Yeah, so that was a weird one. I just kept it simple. Weirdest figment, trapdoor samurai. <laughs> Not go with traps or samurai. Yeah. That's one of your options. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yep. Okay, that's that's for sure weird. Yeah. I don't know if I could top that. <laughs> what was your? What did you go okay. for for weirdest okay. treatment? So, so uh, for if wishes were horses, uh, honorable mention shout out to the 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 Gunji Jack. Jackdaw. Yes. <laughs> as far as I can tell, is an is an emu <laughs> <laughs> that they've released on the promenade because that's just a weird thing for someone to be uh, uh, thinking about <laughs> so strongly. And then later on, there were more of them. It's like somebody else thinking of them now. <laughs> I suppose when you see one, you would think about it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Once you see it, you're gonna. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. don't think don't think about gunchy jackdaws. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you can't do it. <laughs> um, so, but, okay. But for, for weirdest figment, I went with our dear friend, um, Rapunzel. Rapunzel, excuse me. I went with our, our, our dear... <laughs> of all the, now all the characters from all the storybooks are, are, are running together They're in my head. They're all potential. Our dear friend, Rumpelstiltskin. Which is just a, a weird, weird, weird thing to have in your mind so strongly that that he, you know, <laughs> mm. that it comes to life. Um, the 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 design of of the 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 makeup and costume is is really good uh, on 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 Rumpelstiltskin. He, I mean, he looks exactly like how you would picture. He's even got you know a little wart on the end of his nose. You mm-hmm. know, he's this little you know crazy creature, but. And it's just, it's just a weird thing. It's a weird, I mean, O'Brien says this, you know, why do we, why do we tell our kids stories about, you know, murderous trolls that want to steal children? (laughs) (laughs) And it's true. Um, But it's also, it's also an interesting display of one of the few things that could scare somebody like Chief O'Brien, you know? The only thing you can really scare Chief O'Brien of, I mean, he's been through some, some he, stuff. He, he gets a little hustle, yeah. Right. So, I mean, the only thing you can really scare him with is, is you know, is his, his daughter, 
Molly, you know, keeping her safe and and Rumpelstiltskin is one of the one of the things he wouldn't be able to, you know, really keep his daughter safe from. So it makes sense that that's, you know, something that that stuck so strongly in his mind that it that it came to life in this instance. Um, but but Rumpelstiltskin's funny, a funny little guy during the whole episode, you know, he's, he's like, you know, hey, I, I can help you. I can help you out. You know, I, I can do this. And yeah, and, uh, yeah, and O'Brien's just like, go away, Pigment. <laughs> um, which is funny. And then at the end, you know, he he really does threaten. Yeah, I mean, he he summons Keiko and Molly, and like, oh, I can I can save the station if you give me your daughter, which is terrifying. Yeah, that is <laughs> but also, but also incredibly weird. <laughs> It's a weird little it figment. Because, <laughs> I mean, at that point, they hadn't just, I mean, Cisco at that point was just figuring out what was going on. But yeah. I mean, how far would they have pushed that? Would they have just would they have right. taken it away? I mean, it, is, it comes to the, the point of the episode, like, we don't really know why they were doing anything or, or what they were trying to right. really achieve just to push people as hard as they could to, to see what happened. Right. See what he would do. See if he yeah. actually would give up his daughter. <laughs> I and I. Don't he, know. And I couldn't see that he ever would do it, but he didn't look as cross. I think he was more stunned. He looked really stunned. Like, is this really happening? Yeah, like, really how happening? is this a thing? Yeah. <laughs> In ops right now, I'm having a conversation with Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. <laughs> Threatening to take my daughter away. Yeah. How is this a thing happening? <laughs> I did think Rumpelstiltskin was a very funny character as well. He was, he was, he, was, he, he played it well as Rumpelstiltskin. He did. Yeah. That and, actor you know, was really good. It, it was good enough to think, okay, that that is a gross representation of that that horrible character. Eh, yeah. yeah, well done, you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was I was reading in the Deep Space Nine companion um, that originally there was going to be a leprechaun, <laughs> and uh, and you know Chief O'Brien, you know Chief, Chief O'Brien, I'll call Mimi. Obviously, like put a stop to that. He's like, I'm not doing that. But, like, oh my god. Just, so when you think about like what i guess it could have been even weirder it's a rumble still skins a nice cover yeah it was it was weird enough we we took all your messages on board mr meanie you know we've we've chosen another fictional goblin uh to harass you with oh my god oh it's so funny yeah, so the weirdest character, uh, weirdest figment, Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> For me, points-wise, my point has to be Rumpelstiltskin because he actually <laughs> is part of the story. You know, he's there at the beginning, he develops the plot, he's there right at the end, whereas n- no figment that I was going to come up with really does anything anywhere near as useful as that all the way through the episode. <laughs> They're just there. Um, so my point's got to go for Rumpelstiltskin because he was, he was weird in not just appearance, but in attitude and he embodied, he was really good at being Rumpelstiltskin, but also the mystery of what we were doing on the space station. He brought them both together really nicely. Well done. Well done Rumpelstiltskin. I mean, Trapdoor Samurai is pretty (laughs) weird. (laughs) But he is weird. I mean... It's it's stupid, uh, and it's it's almost like a Rick and Morty, something out of a Rick and Morty. Like, <laughs> where's Trapdoor Samurai? But it, he was only in it for thirty seconds, 
and it was funny to hear him like oh, oh, do all the sounds and you know like his little weird little vocalizations but it, it was just so strange yeah all right yeah I, i'm gonna give my point to good old rumple still skin too because he was one weird one weird dude <laughs> he was one one weird dude all right Right, so two for if wishes were horses. That's fair. Fair for the first round. First round. First round to DCS9. All right, what are we going for? Category two. So category two, I am going to select best imagined line. Ooh, okay. So does this have to be a line spoken by one of the figments? I thought so, yeah. A line that they say. Okay. That, that's what okay. That's what I thought. Yeah, because there are some there are some decent lines in this, mm. but but the pigments, the, you know, maybe not as not as much. Um, there, it's more just people reacting to the figments. Yeah, <laughs> you know, where a lot of the really good. Lines. But we're gonna talk. We'll, we'll talk about some of that later when we when we talk about some of the other things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for best imagined line, I'm going with. Um, I, I get to talk about Buck Bukai who is awesome mm-hmm. <laughs> a personal favorite we'll, we'll talk we'll talk about him later but he some his scenes with ben and and, and how much i love that mm-hmm. um but for best imagined line uh, is uh i'm going in the scene where all the figments are together and they're you know they're, they're talking like like this isn't working we're, we're not learning anything um and then you know that's that's the first time you realize that they're not Mm-hmm. That they know what's going on, you know, like they act, you know, in the beginning they act like, oh, what are we doing here? How do we, <laughs> how do we exist? You know, but, um, but yeah, so they're, they're discussing that. And the, the Buck Bakai figment is the one who um, is like, well, wait a minute here. I, you know, I'm, I'm making a connection with my guy and learning a lot about, you know, about these humans, about, uh, you know, why this guy's so... In, so involved with someone who was born, you know, 200, who died 200 years before mm. he was born. <laughs> That's what he says. But, uh, but, and, but the line I'm picking is then, then the, after he says that, he says, you know, let's keep going. And, and Rumpelstiltskin is like, well, how long are we going to do this for? You know, and, and Buck Bakai says, it ain't over till it's over. <laughs> and, and I just, I love the fact that he got so into his character that he's now, you know, quoting an old, yeah. <laughs> an old baseball, you know, you know, uh, an old human uh, line from, you know, from a baseball player mm-hmm. uh, from so long ago. And I, I thought that was really, I thought that really, you know, cause we don't get too much about the aliens. No. Um, but we do get a sense here that, you know that they 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 what they appreciate about the the humans um i guess the alpha quadrant aliens are not all humans um and and him getting so into his his baseball player character and saying it ain't over till it's over yeah in a Rivera in a kind of voice too you know just which is i found that very endearing so that's my line yeah i like that line i i like that whole scene actually i like the way it's just yeah. suddenly because that's where you get the the re- the reveal that oh they do know what's going on it is all a show right, right. and they've got they're obviously doing something they're plotting and it's weird it, it was actually quite a jarring scene to just see the three figments yeah. there talking to each other especially um, since one of them's dax <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
That's Terry Farrell. <laughs> um, but it is really nice that they all seem to like really appreciate the people. They, they might not fully understand everything that's going on, but they do appreciate the yeah. people they're sort of linked to. You know, they can see their goods and their bads, and you know, they're sort of almost enjoying being part of what's going on, even if they don't really understand a whole lot of what's happening. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a really nice, a nice little moment. And Buck Bokai is a great character. He he was <laughs> so, so much great. fun to watch. Um, yes, I always I always wonder whether we'd see him again in another form. I'm sure they mentioned him a couple of times, don't they? But maybe he gets a shout out occasionally. Uh, but I really uh, I really liked him as a character. Well, and he lives on because the baseball. I'm I'm pretty sure the baseball on Cisco's desk for the rest of the season is the baseball he gets from Buck Bukai. Is that it? I wondered end. that. I did wonder whether that was yeah. that baseball. <laughs> That's exciting. So he's there in spirit. This has had a lot. It has a, a massive knock-on impact. That baseball. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So, but we'll talk more about Buck Bukai later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, for my best imagined line. The the imagined beings of shore leave are not as verbose as those in <laughs> Wishes for Horses. In in fact, not a lot of them speak at all. The White Rabbit, yeah. Alice, Ruth, <laughs> and Finnegan. Oh uh, man! And if you include the samurais, like weird grunts, that's just five of them speak. Right. So I didn't have many options, and a lot of them are. They don't say too much interesting stuff. In fairness, Finnegan is wild and bizarre. But I, <laughs> I picked the I picked this really lovely scene at the very beginning of the episode, where you realise that something is going on on the planet uh, with McCoy, Rabbit, and Alice, the Wonderland characters, which now, of course, have like an added sense of relevance to Mister Spock, of course, even though right. at the time he doesn't comment at all. Um, <laughs> but it's. McCoy's walking along, perfectly happy. Out of nowhere, there's a white rabbit. And the rabbit says, oh, my paws and whiskers, I'll be late. And disappears off down a hole. And then you cut back to McCoy, just sort of looking open-mouthed. And then here's the girl running. Then Alice says, in the really weird voice, excuse me, sir, have you seen a rather large white rabbit with a yellow waistcoat and white gloves hereabout? And McCoy just points at where the rabbit went. And she says, thank you very much. And walks off down the hole as well. And it was a really, it's quite a funny scene. It's almost, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's iconic in Star Trek, but everyone knows where that giant white rabbit comes from. Whenever you see the big fuzzy picture right. of the white rabbit, you know what episode it is. Um, so it's funny in that sense. And it is. Uh, it was a nicely done way of showing that something really, really bizarre is going on on this planet. And uh, it actually takes them a very long time to really start picking this apart because McCoy is quite playful with it for some time and doesn't even... He feeds back to Kirk that he's seen a white rabbit, but nobody really takes him seriously. <laughs> it, it's all, you know, oh, everyone's so relaxed. Um, but it was a nice little scene. McCoy's face really makes it for me. And honestly, I think that was the most any of them actually spoke. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because you're not sure. I mean, at the time, it could be just something's wrong with McCoy, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or it could be something wrong with the planet, or yeah. you know, you have no idea at that point why, uh, you know, Alice in Wonderland and the White Rabbit were there. So and it yeah, is, it good, yeah, it's, it was it's a good a, way to show uh, just how weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely. 
What's nice is they've they've both the episodes have picked classic sort of fairy tales as well or literature yeah. to sort of represent absurdity and oddness. You know, yeah. Alice in Wonderland and Rumblestiltskin have survived to exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're still they're still things that people consider to be unusual and strange and representing yeah. that. That's good. Yeah, yeah. man, fitting in. <laughs> Yeah, well, we, we were going to talk about Finnegan. Yeah, okay. He, he gets his own. He gets his own bit, Finnegan. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, those uh, those are both pretty good. Yeah. Where are you going for points? I. It's funny. We both picked lines that are lines that exist in the world. Are <laughs> you know, like like you picked. Yeah, exactly. Standard Alice in Wonderland lines, and I picked a, a you know a quote from someone who already existed in yeah. the real world. I guess it makes sense because these people are uh, these figments are from our brains, so it makes yeah. sense that those that the lines. <laughs> yeah, the, the are well, that's from what us. I, wondered. I did wonder how much of them is them, and how much obviously yeah. the, the 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 plan to have a meeting is is them, but yeah. they don't. Surely, when they're having a meeting, they don't have to. Be in that appearance, so they don't have to look like Rumpelstiltskin or Buck Bacardi right, while having right. their meeting. <laughs> um, I'm going to give my point to Buck Bacardi because I thought actually, as well as being a great line that was in character, it was also a line that sort of moved the plot forward. It like kept things yeah. going. Uh, you know, it gave you a little bit of insight into what he was thinking. Whereas my line, which I liked, it is just. <laughs> It, it has what Shaw Leave has, which is just persistent, fluorescent madness. Right. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. But it starts it off. It starts yeah, the madness yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> and nice to go with something which I suppose that Alice is nice because following the white rabbit is what leads Alice into the madness. Yeah. And that's exactly yeah, what we yeah. do. You know, you yeah. start off with that and then you follow it and everything just gets increasingly mad. Right, right. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to start. You know, mm. start off a, sh- a weird show with mm. <laughs> with something you know is going to lead to weirdness. Oh yeah, you already know that that what's coming next is weirdness from Alice in Wonderland. I like that. Mm. Um, points wise, I I gotta I gotta go Buck Bakai. It's just a personal, just a personal uh, favorite character yeah. of mine. I got you know got to go with the sports metaphor <laughs> whenever I get a chance. Understandable. <laughs> That's my deal. <laughs> but okay, all right. Let's let's see if we can get shore leave on the board. Now we've got Ooh. four four points for bushes or horses. Oh, I'm so, well. I'm not sure which I thought would win actually when we when we put this forward as a as a as yeah. a category choice. So I'll be surprised at the end of this, no matter who wins. <laughs> okay. So in the next well next category, let's let's. I think we're going to keep talking all these lines and do the best scene with a figment okay <laughs> yes okay <laughs> what do you have for shore leave so the imagined scenes on shore leave are so wild and weird and left field so weird. <laughs> and they don't necessarily add to the story other than to be just a bizarre thing to work around you know the, yeah. the, there's only one example where it does happen and we'll talk about that a bit later on but there are lots of standout bits but there aren't actually scenes which move the story along. There's the tiger, the attack plane. 
I do think the bits with Barrow and McCoy do speak to their relationship and they use the planet and the imagined creatures and items to sort of express their emotions towards each other mm-hmm. and how they feel about each other a little bit. Um, so for the best imagined scene, I picked the final scene where McCoy reappears <laughs> with these yes. two scantily clad cabaret girls oh, looking. Costumes are amazing. They are looking extravagant. Um, <laughs> and he looks really pleased with himself. <laughs> and it's nice that. I don't know. Happy it, camera. Um, yeah, he looks really, <laughs> really happy. And he doesn't perhaps clock how annoyed Barrows is by this. Um, but she does make her annoyance very plain, starts questioning who these girls are, and then essentially just tells them to get lost and makes it clear that she's the only person <laughs> McCoy should be imagining. So I thought it was I thought it was nice that actually these imagined, you know, the dress, um, the girl, they like they they served a purpose for the story of McCoy and Barrows. Whereas, you know, the attack plane and the tiger and the samurai they <laughs> they were just random weird things that just happened to be popping up um yeah. so i picked that last because that last scene is good and you're also getting the denouement of the episode where the caretaker is there explaining that oh you know obviously mccoy isn't dead he will you know although you saw him get lanced by a knight he Sorry. is in fact absolutely fine and enjoying himself <laughs> immensely with his cabaret girls which he's uh imagined right yeah yeah, that's, and then the girls go, you, you know, Barrows tells them to go. Yeah, they, they, they link they up with uh, Sulu like, and, and... Yes. Who's <laughs> yeah. just not interested. No. <laughs> I did think uh, there was that great bit in Europe in The Wishes of Horses where, I mean, it's the same thing. Quark has got two scantily uh, clad ladies yeah. walking around it's with gotta him. Be, it's got to be like a... a you know, direct uh, reference to Shore Leave. <laughs> it must have been. I mean, their costumes were no less, how do you put this politely, revealing, but uh, weren't quite so colourful. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like them as much. They weren't as as uh, fancy as the no. ones of Shore Leave. <laughs> I mean, they looked. They looked wonderful. They looked. They looked nice. They looked great. But um, but there's just something about those shore leave. Yeah, <laughs> Gosh, they so are. Funny. They really pop. But, uh, yeah, yeah. But hey, Quark was having a good time. In <laughs> he was definitely was having a good time. <laughs> the scenes with uh, with Quark and Odo were really fun in this episode too. Yeah. Uh, you know, because you have you have the. Odo, Odo, um, he even, he says at one one point, you know, please refrain from using your imaginations. <laughs> yes, <laughs> as if like that's a thing that people could do. <laughs> yeah, that was very Star Trek, wasn't it? Not Star Trek, very oh, Ghostbusters. Oh, so very Ghostbusters. <laughs> well, like, no, I mean, nobody think it, of anything, <laughs> right? But how could you like if you were on the shore leaf planet? How could you you know how could you not think of Stay Puft Marshmallow Man? The first thing you like, think of, literally the first, the first thing you think of. I don't see how you would be able to not think of Stay Puft yeah. in either one of these situations. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, now that would be a messy cleanup on the promenade. Yeah. <laughs> But at least the uh, at least the visions on the on Deep Space Nine had the good sense to just vanish when they were finished with, whereas on the Shoreleaf planet they'd actually be there, giant robot marshmallow man, uh, having been exploded <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, that's right. It's like a robot. Yeah. <laughs> <I forgot. laughs> 
Oh man, that's funny. Okay, so that, that that's a great scene. Oh, that ending scene is 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 a really good scene. Um, my best scene with a figment is Ben and Buck Bakai. This is them on the promenade, um, and this is kind of in the middle. So they're trying to still trying to figure out what's going on. And, mm-hmm. and Ben's, 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 you know, kind of giving Buck an update and saying like, well, you know, hopefully we'll figure this out and then you'll disappear and, <laughs> and everything will be back to normal. And, um, and they end up having a really, really sweet heartfelt conversation uh-huh. um, about, about, you know, be- about Ben being Buck's fan and, and, you know, he, he's, he, he tells him he, the line I really like that Ben says. He, he says, "You were the best that ever played. I know. I played with them all. You know, because yeah. that's what he does in his holodeck time." And and uh, and you know, he kind of kind of thanks Buck and and Buck thanks Ben for being his fan. You know, he said, "I I, I heard you cheering, you know, in the last World Series or whatever it was." And and it's it's, it's just a great little scene about about what it means to be a fan of something, mm-hmm. which is obviously very, you know, meaningful for, yeah. for Star Trek fans. And, and, um, and I, I just, I love that. It, it, it's a, it's like saying that the, the thing, a thing about humans that, that is, that they, it, that is, that is good and worthwhile is knowing how to, you know, the ability to be a fan of something mm. kind of, you know, it's kind of like a, a just, just talking talking about that aspect of, of humanity. And I thought it was a really, really great scene. And it's really nice to, even though it's not really Buck Bukai, to be able to thank the person that you're such a big fan of for something, you know, which, yeah. which is, is, is great. And it's just, it's a really heartfelt scene and I love it. It's nice because he's drawing so much from Cisco himself. And like yeah. at some point you realize now this is like a reflection of, perhaps Cisco's imagining of what Buck Bakai would be like. Right, right. But what I really liked about the scene you picked is how they're walking along the promenade and Cisco's talking to him as if he was like a senior officer, like keeping yes. him in the loop with what's happening. Right. And, you know, <laughs> I recognise you're a being who I don't understand, but we're all in this together. So let's, here's what I know, you know, any feedback, anything you can help with. Uh, that'd be great. I really thought that was nice. Just walking yeah, along, chatting casually with him as if this was a normal everyday occurrence, which I thought was <laughs> was really cool. Just like that is yeah. really that is like nothing is facing him. This is super weird. He is totally okay with this. Uh, I really right. like that. And they're they're just talking about like you know hitting from the right side. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then when he said, oh, well, I scored so many with my left. And then he was yeah. like, ah, oh, but never after. He was really like there with all the stats. It was great. Right, like right. Yeah, such a such a great little, yeah. little thing. I love it. Okay. Points-wise. Hmm. I actually am going to get Shoreleaf off the ground with this because I do think that scene is like, that is one of the standout McCoy images. Him linked <laughs> arms with those two. Uh, the big reveal not only is he not dead but he (laughs) comes swaggering out (laughs) hot girl on each arm better off dead that's it (laughs) you won't believe where I'm like hello yeah (laughs) just wait till you hear (laughs) where I'm 
I do oh think it's God. great. And it's sort of That's it's really funny great. and visual and it comes with the end of the episode and it's really the only it's really the only sort of plot that we get. <laughs> <laughs> so I liked it. Oh, I really like that scene too. I I, I mean that scene that it keeps going too, like it's it's just funny, like with yeah. you know uh, you know, they decide, you know, get, get the people ready for the, you know, best shore leave of their lives. You know? <laughs> Tell them yeah. to beam on down. And Fox just like, yeah, you know what? I'm heading back to the ship. I've had enough of this. <laughs> <laughs> we never see anything Spock, Spock definitely imagines either, which is a shame. Yeah, yeah, that is a shame. At least we get a bit of Odo's imagining. Right. Oh, um, which is so funny. Yeah, it is funny. Even if it's like, oh, I'm glad I've imprisoned you. Like, Come on, Odo, dream big. I think it's a massive. <laughs> that is his deepest desire. <laughs> and you can see he's proud of himself too. He's, he's like, he's like, no imagination, indeed. Yeah, you know, he gives his his oomph, you know, is that oomph? <laughs> like, see, I got imagination. <laughs> I've imagined the most basic thing. Oh, oh my god, it so was funny. funny. It was funny. Yeah, yeah, we have, it would be interesting to see what Spock. You know, even yeah. even like imagine I'm a book or something. Like I know. <laughs> you know have him find a, a, a book, a, a calculus book in a tree or something. You know, give him something. It was so weird. Oh man. Okay. Oh geez. Well, okay. I'm sorry. I know. I, I'm a I'm a broken record with this, but I got to give my point to Buck Buck and, and, I, I and knew you were gonna. I, I knew you were gonna. I know. I know. I can't help it. I just find. I just find it. I find it endlessly charming Ben's baseball, you know, Ben loving baseball so much and getting yeah. to meet the greatest player of all time like this and, and speak to him so intimately about, you know, how, how big of a fan he is and why. Mm. And, and I just, I, I adore it. And, and it's so funny because, you know, the, the alien Buck Bukai becomes a pretty big fan of, of humans if you, yeah. you know he's, at the end you know he has that scene with ben um you know when he explains everything we'll talk about that later i guess but um but you know he talks about how how unique our imaginations mm. are and we should appreciate them and but um yeah so i, I point to buck <laughs> no <laughs> that's fair enough I, understand. I get that i get that i think that's probably the strength of the deep space nine episode that the yeah. The hallucinations really do seem to relate to the people who are hallucinating them. You know, we yeah. really get the Bashir Dax hallucination is hilarious and <laughs> uh, you know really really clever. Really um, the the Dax the the the, the Cisco Bakai hallucination is good because we know he's a baseball fan. He's already used baseball as a me- as baseball as a metaphor yeah. uh, with the prophets and the. The Rumpelstiltskin one, not as subtle, but it does play on sort of Keiko and Miles's family and having right. Molly around. I, I can really feel they're related. Whereas in Shoreleave, they just seem so completely random. Yeah, you know, it's just like, whatever pops into your head comes comes yeah, alive. Yeah, yeah, a, a, a biplane, a, a tiger, Don Juan. <laughs> it's just a flock of birds. It's just completely right, random. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily relate to the character as such. It's just yeah. anything they happen to think Except of. Except for Ruth and Finnegan. <laughs> Ruth and Finnegan are the two, oh, the two standout Ruth. ones. I love Ruth so much. <laughs> but she, but oh. even watching, like to what for this episode to watch and be like, oh, what's Ruth going to do? Really, all she did was was talk to talk to Kirk and just yeah. sort of repeat back some of the things he'd said. She didn't yeah. do too much. 
uh, apart oh. from walk out of the desert. It just appears well, on the on the rocks. More the fact that she was there, yeah. you know, <laughs> and so calm and wonderful, and he was really like, yeah. you know, just just had a big fight with someone, and now he's really calm. I think he was running from a tiger at the time he found her. <laughs> Like, hey, he's forgotten. He's forgotten about that. All right, fuck, doesn't matter. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you can just imagine, you know, it's it's like the calm in the storm, you know. You can mm. imagine she probably was back then, too, because it, 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 it seems from the dialogue that she, that Kirk knew Ruth and Finnegan at the same time. Like, they're both part of his yeah. Academy days. Yeah. Um, you can imagine, you know, the, the, the calm in the, you know, in this great relationship with this wonderful woman and then... <laughs> deal with oh Finnegan, and, <laughs> you know the two sides of the of the coin. Well, um, well, let's, well, let's days. get to this then. Let, let's but, get to uh, okay the next the next one most dangerous slash scariest moment. Okay, what's what have you got? Okay, so it was it, it's really scary when. You know, my, okay. This is my honorable mention: is mm-hmm. that it's 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 legitimately scary when Rumpelstiltskin just conjures Keiko and Molly to ops um, yeah. when everything's going down, um, and you know, basically threaten you know offers to in exchange for Molly, he'll stop what's going on. Um, that's legitimately terrifying. Yeah, um, because he has never broken yeah. character. To be like, yeah, I'm not yeah. Rumpelstiltskin. They, Even when he's with the aliens, he's still dude, Rumpelstiltskin. These, these aliens really got into their characters. Yeah, and even, even fake Dax. You know, and like, she, she's like, she's like, why is he rejecting me? And she seems legitimately like offended. Yeah. <laughs> and she's sympathetic to Bashir. Like, oh, you know, he's so right. thoughtful and really hardworking. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> is that what he imagines? Is that what you think about him? Right. Right. Oh man, that's so funny. Okay, but but so I just I just want to mention that because I mm. I get why O'Brien like is 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 afraid of Rumble Selskin. Um Okay, but but obviously obviously the the date most dangerous moment is is actually during the same time as the end where um you know they have the, this sub this uh, subspace disruption um you know with they try to. They try to uh, close it. It doesn't work. It just gets worse, you know, and it's coming towards them. And the scary part, the dangerous, scary moment is when the whole space station starts um, quaking. So, So basically, a shared delusion was powerful enough to shake the entire station, mm-hmm. you know, which is, it's just, te- it was just, it's terrifying when you think it's a subspace disruption and you think they're all just going to die. And it's, t- it's terrifying when you realize it's not real because that's a pretty powerful, you know, your minds are a pretty powerful thing because it's, it's, the station's literally shaking. It's not, they think it's shaking, you know, the, yeah. <laughs> their minds are making it shake. And, um, and then it's a, it's a, pretty terrifying moment either both ways even when you you know when it's when you think it's when when they think it's really happening and when they realize when cisco figures it out and it's like just you know stop believing in it 
<laughs> they they, re- they really mind. sell it as like a no-win scenario. Like, yeah, things yeah. are getting progressively worse and worse. And it, right. it's nice how it starts off as like a background mystery, and yeah. you think it might be related to the figments, but actually, you know, it builds into its own problem in its own right, and they're almost dealing with it completely separately. Yeah, because um, they do a good job of maybe saying, "Oh, maybe this is the explanation for where these figments yes. came from." Um, it was the, the Thoron emissions, or, or you know, yes, or yes, Thoron emissions, exactly. <laughs> and it is, it is genuinely like it looks like it's come to the end, but then once again, Cisco is just keeping his cool all the way through, and he figures right. it out. You know, it's no problem at all. Just don't think about it. I figured <laughs> out what's happening. Uh, I really right. like that. I really like that. Right. Okay. How about for shore leave? Well, I mean, in Shore Leave, for entertainment, I'm not sure what people are thinking because most of the figments that appear seem genuinely dangerous. Genuinely uh, dangerous? Yeah. <laughs> not not even like, oh, this is a bit of fun. I mean, Sulu right. gets a literal gun. <laughs> he just who's starts it? shooting it. Who's it? Oh, he just starts popping them off. Who, who imagines <laughs> a gun? You know, the plane is literally... The plane is... Flying oh over God, them, so you know, funny. bearing down, firing bullets at them. The samurai is striking. The tiger is lunging. Don Juan is sexually assaulting. <laughs> it, it, it honestly does not feel like a safe oh place to go. Yeah. The Black Knight literally lances McCoy through the chest <laughs> for all attempts and purposes, killing him. But despite okay. all of these, this litany of horrors, the one thing I cannot stop thinking about. Is Finnegan. Finnegan. I cannot get him out of my mind. Oh. He is crazy and unpleasant He's and relentless and mad. Yes, he is. And he exists only to antagonize and fight a single person. I mean, that's like existential terror, isn't it? That sort of, it is. It why is. are you just doing this to me? Can you imagine if you had a right. personal antagonist who just knows oh, your no. very worst fears and hates? And is using them only to exploit you personally. It is horrible. It's like, and he is really, really wild and mad, and you see no redeeming feature in him. And what's worse, I've watched this episode several times, but this time I watched it in HD on a big screen, and you could really see Finnegan's facial twitches and how like he screws <laughs> up his face. He was so horrible. And he, yes. he, cool. yeah, it, yeah, in Kirk's own words, beats the tar out of him. Like really, <laughs> like it's not like a light punch and like a you know a bit of horseplay. They are absolutely pummeling each other. <laughs> it and goes on for a long time. A long time, and that and that speaks to the fact that there's not much actual story in this. <laughs> they just they just punch each other for it's ages. A loose collection of hallucinations, yeah, of bizarre <laughs> vignettes. Yeah. <laughs> And Kirk broadly, at first he seems quite scared, then he broadly seems to enjoy it, yeah. and then he then he manages to beat Finnegan up. Perhaps yeah, when he then realizes, he's kind of like, well, yeah. if this is happening, I'm going to at least enjoy getting yeah. to I'm, I'm going to give as good as I get. Um, but Finnegan's just horrible. And there's one point where he's like, oh, you've broken... I mean, I don't do the Irish accent. I really can't. I mean, he, he really couldn't do it either. But he, <laughs> he had to go. Um, you've broken my back. You've broken my back. I can't move my leg. And then Kirk seems oh, and he kicks him. 
it's like, oh god, he really is the worst, and he can't help but be the worst because that's what Kirk is imagining. But yeah. why, why, when you come to a planet of all these many wonders, is that what you think of? You know, you can imagine. You imagine Ruth, not you know, seconds later. Maybe they come right. with a package. Maybe you can't do <laughs> one without the other. Uh, oh. But man, Finnegan was the worst. He was the worst. But yeah, you start thinking about your time at university, and it's gonna be. I know. <laughs> it's gonna be the wonderful. I never met anybody as bad as Finnegan. I, oh. I could, I could conjure up some horrors, but nothing as bad yeah. as him. I had a Finnegan in high school. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, well, that, but that's what's funny. Like, in my mind, she's that bad. So, you know what I mean? But she probably I, wasn't. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, because this is Kirk's version of Finnegan. Yeah, but what's, that's it. That's the worst part of it. The person yeah. you're imagining is going to be worse than the person really was, which is worse. Right. right. Oh, my goodness. That's Ooh. so funny. But yeah, but then, you know, it's Kirk's version of Finnegan, Kirk's version of Ruth. Yeah. Um, you know, J- Julian's version of Jadzia. Exactly. Um, You've got to wonder, was Finnegan really that? If Finnegan imagined right, Kirk, right. Lord Kirk. I'm sure he was a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. But yeah, but that was just, pro- that was like a, a fun house mirror version of Finnegan, how Finnegan yeah. probably really was. You know? But he was, but you know, <laughs> that, that version that was that robot Finnegan was genuinely horrible. He was, he was and, and scary and dangerous, and I'm still thinking yes. about it. Yeah, it was. You're right. In this, in, in an episode where people are getting shot down by planes uh, and lances through their hearts, mm-hmm. the scariest, horrible, most horrible part was Finnegan. That's yeah. legitimately the worst part because it seems so that personal. So it was so really- like, I just, I just hate you. He called. At one point, Kirk's trying to get answers from him. He realizes that Finnegan is part of whatever this is. Finnegan at least has yeah. an idea of what's going on, and he sort of, you know, he doesn't beg him, but he sort of requests, "Just, just give me an answer. Give, tell me a little bit." And he's like, "I don't right. answer questions from plebes, Jimmy boy." <laughs> oh my god, you're the worst. You are the worst. <laughs> even when, even when we're both sitting here with bloody noses, having had a fight. We can't just deal with it like that. We can't deal with it like grown-ups. You're still going to come up. You are the worst. And that compounds his facial twitching with general horror. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, the actor who played Finnegan. I don't, I don't know. He was, I've again. never seen him in anything else. He did a great job. He did do Being horrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. In in the Deep Space Nine episode, there's, you know, the danger is you're going to be sucked into this black hole of nothingness. Mm-hmm. Um, but Finnegan is way scarier. My point's going to Finnegan. <laughs> I, I think even if I, I mean, given my point to Finnegan, I, I can't not do it. I'm yeah. still, even when we stop recording, I'm going to be thinking about how horrible he is. <laughs> Seriously. He's just the worst. Oh, he is. He's the just worst. the worst. The worst. All right, two points okay. then for uh, for Finnegan. <laughs> for being the the best worst. <laughs> We're talking about worst. We talked about that last time, didn't we? The best worst. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, let's move on. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, the scores as they stand are shore leave with three, and if wishes were horses, with five. 
Okay, so we could all we could tie it up at this. At least. <laughs> and our final category is the best explanation for the figments. Okay, an appropriate category to finish this round or to finish this snap trick on. So in Shore Leave, we know something weird is going on all the way through the episode because we keep seeing this little antenna pop up scanning the crew. It's I very, love the antenna. It's very naff, but it's it's quite it's quite endearing, it's quite cute. Pops so up, cute. it's like, oh. So there is there is something happening. There's an explanation for why all this madness is occurring. Um <laughs> I mean, they get nowhere. I think near the end, Kirk has figured out that it's something about our imaginations, and he rescues Barrows from Don Juan, and it's like, stop everyone, front and center, stop thinking, and gives them the order to stop thinking, and it's all like, and because he's barking orders at them, they sort of can follow that order, but whether they can stop thinking or not, who knows? Crazy idea. Um, (laughs) But... You know, they figure out that its imaginations are being made real, and then conveniently, I suppose it would would be like that because they're on a planet where your imaginations are coming true. Somebody appears to explain to them what's going on. Uh, so just when they've realised they'd like a proper explanation, somebody appears to explain, and it turns out it's a theme park for <laughs> hyper advanced <laughs> beings with an enormous technologically advanced factory and medical facilities deep underground that is producing these wonderful robotic recreations of whatever you're thinking for your enjoyment. And I mean, as, as an idea, it is, it is absolutely bizarre given that no one seems to have enjoyed anything uh, <laughs> apart from McCoy, maybe Bree. I don't know. It all, it all seemed very unenjoyable, but then at the end, once they realize that it's all for fun, all in all for good fun, they can all take advantage of these, these robots and Kirk just runs off with Ruth at the very end. I mean, it seems super unsavory actually saying that out loud. <laughs> Why? Well, because he's running off with a with a robot recreation of his old girlfriend. Yeah, but remember, they don't have holodecks. Yeah, this is, is like, that weird about, though? Would that be would that be a weird thing to do? Do you think? No, no, it's not. I don't think so. Why wouldn't you want to relive? You know. Moments with someone you loved. I guess. You know? I guess. I guess I think it was. It's not like cheating on anyone, you know? No, 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 no. But I mean I mean, think about think about think about Geordie and what's her face, the hologram lady he falls in love with. Oh crumbs. I can't Yeah, Leah Leah Brahms. Leah Brahms. It, I, that's weird, isn't it? See, I, okay. I, I think I think I'm just on the I'm I'm on the a different side of this debate. I think I, I yeah. don't think anything in the holodeck is wrong. No, honestly, <laughs> I don't I mean, think I don't think it's wrong. I think you wouldn't want anyone to know about it. I suppose, right? Exactly. Probably. Well, that's like 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 I would want to defend like poor Julian here. Like 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 they talk. You know, Dax gets all offended because she's the fake Dax is is yeah. so submissive and everything. But I don't think like I don't think that's how Julian wants her to be. No, no, time. not at all. That that's his like that's a, like a, a fantasy idea, isn't it? Yeah, because like, I mean, he kind of, he's literally like falling asleep, and that's when he's thinking of this. And you, do you know what yes. I mean? So yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't know. 
Okay, so, I'm, being uh, too, I'm being too prudish. Uh, a, a little bit, no. <laughs> I know what you're saying. I do. I get it. But I just don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't find anything. I, I think it's. I think that's a. It's a. Fantasy lives are are, are your own, and I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't pass judgment. And right. you know what? One thing I really like about about Shirley, if we go back to the category here, mm-hmm. is 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 that the, these these aliens, this alien guy, I forget his name, the. The caretaker. The caretaker. It yeah, comes he just out. turns up to take care. I love it that that the fact that they didn't realize that that this was unpleasant for them because they literally have no judgment whatsoever no, about that's what, true. what these people are thinking of. They're like, maybe they're into yeah. violence. Maybe they're into <laughs> yeah. they're imagining firearms. Maybe that's what they're like. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no judgment here. Surely planet is a judgment free zone. Yeah. That's what you like. We can provide. True. True. <laughs> I get such a kick out of that that he, you know that's why they, they didn't realize for for such a long time that that they were not having fun on their on the pleasure planet. <laughs> I know they need to get their mind scanners working again. Right, right. We we, we know what you're imagining. We don't know what you like about it. We don't know. Right, what you're yeah. Enjoying. I don't, why, you know, we don't know why you want to see Finnegan. <laughs> he seems kind of gross to us, but whatever. Oh my God. No, just to see Finnegan. But he's still there, I suppose. He's wandering oh, around, no. shouting obscenities at people, or lounging on the rocks. <laughs> oh no! Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he gets reconstituted into someone else's fantasy. Yeah, he'll be a he'll be a, a samurai. Yeah, samurai next time. Maybe he gets to play <laughs> yeah. a samurai, play a, a knight in shiny armor. You know. <laughs> But um, but yeah no I love that idea because these these are people who have never been to a holodeck it's kind of like a holodeck to them you know yeah definitely it's great yeah I would I'd want to have a shore leave on the shore leave planet <laughs> oh I definitely would go to the shore leave planet yeah, oh, I'm right. not sure why I'm not sure why I'd imagine the first uh, well stay puff marshmallow man now obviously <laughs> the, first thing, I'd the first thing that would pop out of my imagination would have to be the stay puff marshmallow man. just there's no way to avoid it oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to tell him I was like, please, you know, or please ignore it. If I think of a Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, please don't bring that one to life. Yeah. <laughs> bring my next thought to life. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I love the explanation. I love it. And the explanation in Deep Space Nine for the the wishes were horses hallucinations. Well, it's, so in Deep Space Nine, it's it's a, it's a little different. Uh, we find out that these are aliens trying to learn about humans. Mm-hmm. They are explorers who followed us home through the wormhole, um, and do it this way as 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 the Buck Bakai alien describes. Um, Buck Bakai says, uh, "You never know how." Uh, how someone's going to treat the visiting team. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, funny. That's good. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that was good one too. Um, so this is them basically trying to learn more about us uh, through our imaginations. And um, and it's kind of funny. He gives, uh, he does something that, that uh, I always roll my eyes at in Star Trek, which I call the, the, the human exceptionalism. You know, he, he gives yeah. a speech about how, like, oh, we've never seen anything. You know, we've studied all these species. We've never seen anything like this imagination that you humans have. <laughs> You're yeah. so unique. <laughs> I, like, I, yeah, that is weird. But I suppose they've just been, they've been with the changelings that found the right. dominion. And, That's true. Know. Maybe the gamma, the gamma quadrant just lacks an imagination, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But anyway, but but besides that, you know, that's just something funny that Star Trek does all the time. But it is, but it is also a good reminder too that you know, like use your imagination, enjoy it, and don't take yeah. it for granted. And um, but then he says, he says, you know, maybe we'll come back and tell you more about us, but not right now. <laughs> I know. So, bye. That's a real cop out. And the caretaker says the same thing. He says, Oh, yeah, you're welcome to join the planet, but you're not really ready to find out about us because we're just too advanced for you. We're too advanced for you. You can't handle it. Yeah. And this is Spock's like, like, I agree with him, Captain, or something. Oh, Spock would say that. He's so smug at the end of this episode because he hasn't imagined anything embarrassing or dangerous. He's he's just come down to warn everyone, run away from the tiger. (laughs) <laughs> right oh that's so funny that was pretty brave of him though to, to you know he figured that they could get one more transport out of yeah the i like i did like that bit i thought that was yeah, clever and i like it took quite a long time to beam him yeah. down i said like, yeah, oh, yeah, i need to fill yeah. up some minutes in this they've got nothing else yeah. weird to show us for sure really slowly beams down <laughs> <laughs> oh man but okay as far as points go shore leave is definitely getting my points for this i mean I think so as well. What a cool. (laughs) It's just so random, you know, because aliens, (laughs) aliens arriving and like doing weird things that they explain at the end. Yeah. Okay. That, that we see that in Star Trek, but no one ever goes, Oh yeah, it's just a giant theme park. You're not having a good time. Why haven't you enjoyed yourself? We're literally bringing (laughs) your imaginations to life. Come on guys. Come on. Oh man, and they all look so happy at the end after their shore leave. You know that the, the final scenes on the bridge after shore leaves over, and they're yeah, all talking they're... about how much they enjoyed themselves. They all <laughs> look so refreshed and so happy. Oh, yeah. at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine that shore leave ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean they must be going back to that planet all the time. <laughs> they must go there all the time. They do go back, don't yeah. they? There's a there's a set there's an animated series episode set on the shore leave planet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think everything goes, oh, well, bizarrely, the robots go wrong. It becomes dangerous. Who'd have thought, who'd have thought all the firearms, stabbing weapons, and dangerous animals would become a problem for people who are down there? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. All right, at, so, let's ahead. get some points going. What we got? So we are tied the end of five rounds each each episode has five points each wow i think that's just i think that's perfect i couldn't imagine a better outcome (laughs) (laughs) should we pick a what should we try to do a tiebreaker pick a winner go should we go and then what's the tiebreaker what should we do let's see we might have to think of this. I haven't got off the top of my head. We we never we used to think of them, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We used to have them in our back pocket. <laughs> we used to have them ready for it, but it never happened, so we never needed to. <laughs> um, let's see. Should we just deal with it? Should we just be happy with a tie? Who yeah, needs to win? Who needs yeah. to win? Yeah. Yeah, let's yeah. let's just sure leave it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, when we get back to the... T- yeah, you just cut yeah. this out and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a tie, brilliant. Yeah, it's a tie. And, and we it. just say, these are two stupidly weird episodes. And <laughs> they're, both, they they're, both, they're both equally weird. Yeah. <laughs> in a good uh, way, in a good yeah. way. I think Deep Space Nine probably should have won, based on, because it just had a tiny bit, it had a bit of depth to it, and a bit of more thought. You know, it's funny you say that, because I, 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 I agree with you, there is, there's a little bit more meat to the Deep Space Nine episode, yeah. but I enjoy the Shore Leave episode more. 
I, I'm not I sure watched why. it several times. <laughs> and I think the reason it's so rewatchable is because it just doesn't so follow any narrative. Yeah. And it's just yeah. nothing happens in any particular order apart from the final scene. Right. And you know, you can watch them you can watch them chased by a tiger, you can watch them fight a samurai. You can watch them uh, get stabbed by a knight, and and that's fine. It doesn't matter what order anything happened in. It was all right, you know. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Just got weirder and weirder, and just weirder and weirder, and <laughs> just keep going. One thing after another, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I sometimes I, I think like they they like if it, in wishes were horses, they could have gone even weirder. Like they could have made more things keep you know keep happening. I think now, if they did this now, like if Discovery had an episode like this, which would be pretty cool, but now with computer animations, it would be like, there'd be, yeah. you know, But you've got to think. I think they'd go, it wouldn't be just surface level imagination, wouldn't it? You know, yeah. what would Ash Tyler's imagination bring you? And whose imagination oh would it even be? Right. You know, <laughs> what, what actually we're getting Volk. You know, that's right. probably what he would imagine. Or, or right. he, he, not even what he would imagine. Who's imagining it? You don't even know. Right. Same with um, Hugh Culver. Right. What is a man whose co- his memories are all brand new? You know, yeah. are they even his anymore? What does he imagine? What does he think about? I think you'd have a lot more. What would a person's psyche look like if it was represented, yeah. rather than just right. what are they thinking about immediately? Right. Yeah. If, if Discovery did this, we could get really into psychological. Mm. studies of all the characters of what they would yes. bring to life and it would probably be a really interesting episode they should do that <laughs> yeah we should pitch this <laughs> yeah i mean they kind of come across all kinds of weird anomalies in the 33rd century you know yeah i mean there's a, there's a galaxy isn't there a galaxy that they go to in uh the the next generation whereby your 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 innermost thoughts come to life yeah, yeah. in um and where no man has gone before is that exactly we see a tar yeah. We see. The, oh yeah, the that's right. has tea with his auntie. His grandma, yeah, or his aunt, or whatever it is. Yeah, that's right. That's his deepest, fondest wish <laughs> to have us to have a very small cup it, of tea. It fits with his Victorian Christmas nightmare. Exactly, got it. Such a huge thread of of tea going through Picard's yeah. Picard's timeline. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's a good idea. That would be a really good episode of Discovery. Yeah, so we should write that and then pitch it to them. Yeah, we yeah. should. We should. Oh, you and I should write an episode of Discovery together. Oh my god, we should awesome. definitely write an episode. We should definitely do that. We should write an episode. We should, really do it. We should write this episode. We should. And we'll come up with a really clever name for it and then we'll pitch it. <laughs> you come up with it. You're the pun guy. <laughs> They'll reopen the submissions process just for us. <laughs> just for us. Definitely. Yeah. Oh my god, I've we're imagining it, so it must come true. Let's do it. Let's do it. I would like to, I would genuinely like to like write a script. I think that would yeah. be fun. Oh me too. I don't think I could write anything else except Star Trek. Yeah. I don't think no. I'm that imaginative. I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> what I like, you know? Yeah. I write what I like. It's what I want to write. <laughs> okay. Good. Now that we've finished with the Old business, on to the new. Time to hand out next month's story assignments. Ritterhouse, we're waiting! Okay, friends and neighbors, let's see what Uncle Roy has for you today. And in the next episode of Snap Trek, we will be considering Picard's fight for android civil rights as we consider TNG's Measure of a Man 
versus TNG's The Offspring. Mm. That's quite heavy, heavy duty, that one. Yeah, two data episodes that are really Picard episodes too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I shouldn't shouldn't not mention data because he is he's pretty big in these things. <laughs> right. He's pretty well, big. Measure of Man is especially especially is a more of a Picard episode. Mm. Uh, data episode. Um, yeah. I mean, data is the focus, but Picard is the Picard yeah. to the one that grows and changes. Yeah. Whereas the, the offspring. Oh, the offspring. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about that. Actually, that'd be good. Yeah. Okay. Should be good. Well, thanks for one hell of a game. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can contact us on Twitter at SnapTrack. Send us your ideas for categories, your ideas for comparisons, and of course, any Star Trek poetry you come up with, we love to receive it. On a personal note, you can get in touch with me at strtrk1701 on Twitter. And Jen? And you can get a hold of me on Twitter. I'm at edatquarks. Excellent. Okay. And so now say goodbye. All right. Okay. So that that's it for, uh, for this episode. Jen, I couldn't imagine a better way of spending an evening than talking to you. Thank Aww. you so much for this. And I will see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, everybody, uh, thanks everybody for listening. We really appreciate it, and we will talk to you soon. And that's the Royal Fisbin. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. I'm never getting bored of that. Gun to strike. Huh, Jim? Jim? Come on, come on, it's me, Finnegan. <laughs> All right, Jimmy boy. <laughs> <laughs>